Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there and welcome everybody and I hope you're having a great day. Yes, it's Tuesday and your day for Transformation for Success. So I want to give a big shout out to all my international listeners, national listeners, local listeners, all of you out there. This is a great day. I am very excited. We've got a very, very great show for you today. We have in the studio a health psychologist, positivity strategist, and motivational machinist. Now, he's here today to show with you Uh, to share with you, I should say, on how to shift the focus away from unreliable external forces and instead to choose to see yourselves as the force of change. Wow, isn't that a mouthful? Well, interestingly (laughs) enough, I want Dr. Guerin to share today his transformational journey and how he came to realize the power of health, motivation, and some of its nuances. This gentleman is a solution-oriented individual, and he has loads to share and answer many of our frustrations and questions. You know, it's now March, and I'm certain many of you started in 2017 in January with goals to change the way you eat, lose weight, start working out, and some of your friends are doing quite well, but you found, what, you didn't stick to the plan. Well, don't stress because Dr. Karen is here to share with you today how to break out of this disappointment in yourself, and he's going to share the steps he's discovered that's going to help you become the best vision of yourself. So you can call in today's show toll-free. Join the discussion with us at 888-346-9141, or if you're calling internationally, it's 001-480-5537. And I welcome you to Skype your comments or your questions to me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I do welcome your feedback, so don't be shy. Welcome, Dr. Garen. How are you today? Dr. Young, thank you so much for having me on today. What a pleasure, and what an introduction that was. My goodness. (laughs) I hope I... uh, (laughs) I have to do you justice. I I have to do you justice. (laughs) answer the challenge. <laughs> oh, you will. You will. And I, I'm so happy to welcome you to the Transformation for Success Show because I know the listeners are really going to benefit from the show today because you have a lot of helpful information about health motivation in today's climate. And you know, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show because we don't, we really don't necessarily talk a lot about health motivation and really what that entails. So listeners, I want you to call your friends share, and be sure to tell them, to, if they, in case they miss the show today, to download the discussion because we are archived and you can listen to Dr. Joshua Garrett. So again, Dr. Garrett, tell me a little bit about yourself. So if, if I could say anything, here's what mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm a bunch of things, kind of like if you mm-hmm. threw psychology, wellness, and Mm -hmm. empowerment into a blender and set it on puree. That's kind of, sort of, who I am. I'm a health psychologist who 
works with my clients to explore that gap between mm-hmm. our healthy intentions and the healthy outcomes we desire. I'm also mm-hmm. a personal trainer, a health coach, and a behavior change specialist who truly believes that adopting a sustainable, healthy lifestyle is less about changing our behavior and far more about internalizing healthy beliefs and values. And in the grand scheme, I've had a lifelong obsession with intrinsic motivation, the mm-hmm. self-generated kind of motivation that comes from within. I'm a natural-born do-it-yourselfer, so I've always based my health philosophy on that old Arthur Ashe quote, start where you are, use what you have, and Mm -hmm. do what you can. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Somewhat my same motivation. I I was always interested in the dynamics of human behavior and why people behave the way they do. And, um, you know, and so a lot of work has been done uh, when we start looking at internal work and self-development and growth. So... Interestingly enough, uh, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because there's so many people I think are grappling right now with many issues. And we know for a fact that a lot of our psychological uh, wellness uh, depends on really a lot of motivation in terms of health, well, exercise and, you know, health behavior. Tell me, where, where are you from originally? And how, how did you happen to get this interest in health, changing health behavior? <laughs> it's <a> very <laughs> odd yeah, it's a wonderful question because it's actually my answer is going to uh, going to be a bit odd and probably unexpected. I was actually born in Staten Island, New York, but I lived there for a very very short time. I actually oh. grew up in upstate New York, a relatively rural area. Oh. Not a whole heck of a lot going on. Didn't have didn't have exposure to too many powerfully empowering external. Motivators. Uh, I, I grew up in a relatively self-contained environment mm-hmm. where my parents were extremely, extremely encouraging and nurturing and really sort of created a pathway for me to come to rely on myself to mm-hmm. achieve my desired outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe in my heart of hearts that that is most likely where this obsession with intrinsic motivation comes from, just that sense of, of mm-hmm. uh, growing up in a relatively uh, unaffected environment with not a whole heck of a lot going on and really it being up to me to be the manifester of my destiny, so to speak. Were you the only child in the family or you had other siblings? I actually have a younger sibling, younger brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're in a, you're the small town youngster in New York because they do have small towns out, outside in New York, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. If you if you travel about 90 miles or 50 to 90 miles outside of the city, it gets quite rural. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's interesting, though. You know, and then to have nurturing parents and that probably propelled you to start, you know, looking at uh, an interest in health behavior. One of the things that I, I recognized about you and I shared uh, this with you, that you became a certified fitness trainer, you mentioned that, and uh, exercise and fitness. How was that? I mean, did you go right into that as a profession or did you start something else before you got certifications? That is another incredibly ironic question. And here's why. (laughs) I, (laughs) I actually did not receive my personal trainer health coach and behavior change specialist certification until during the time that I was in my doctoral study. So this was not during my undergraduate, my master's. This was actually quite later in life that I did. So you sort of did a little switcheroo then. So you... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. Interestingly, though, I would have to say that there were a lot of experiences in my professional life that led me to become a psychologist, a trainer, a coach. And a lot of those experiences were, were uh, sort of grounded in mentorship. So I've been a mentor for a very, very long time. Well, did you have a mentor? Oh, I have come to recently realize that I've had lots. Of, mm-hmm. And when I say lots, I mean lots of empowering mentors in my life. Mm-hmm. However, you know, they really probably didn't, um, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, wear the face of a mentor. They were empowering colleagues. Mm-hmm. They were faculty. They were, of course, parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, confidants and, and close friends who I never sort of assigned the mentor label, but they certainly were, without a doubt. Yeah, that's great. Well, one of the things I want to, you know, sort of ask on a personal question, did you ever have a weight problem or any physical sort of problems? No, I never ever struggled with weight. Um, Interestingly, growing up, uh, I did grow up in, uh, I would say it was a culture that lacked health awareness and Mm -hmm. there um, there were a fair, I would have to say, a sizable amount of the population where I grew up did struggle with obesity and eating-related mm-hmm. issues. And uh, mm-hmm. whether whether it gone diagnosed or undiagnosed, uh, there were, there was definitely that element there. And I will tell you, uh, under no uncertain terms, that was definitely a motivator for me to begin thinking about entering into the health domain. Well, you know, you realize that uh, I think for this whole country, we talk about you know the obesity. Uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, our country and so many people who are suffering, men and women, from uh, yeah. overweight uh, issues and it brings on health challenges. So the reason why I ask that, because I know there has been a motivator for some people that they go into health and fitness and exercising in the gym because somebody in the family was either overweight or they were overweight at one time and, it, you know, sort of they have this, you know, passion <laughs> to, mm. to stay, stay slim and eat the right foods, that sort of thing. Um, sure. So that's why I, I sort of I asked the question. For, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but just very quickly, I think that that passion, the, thing, the element that fueled my passion was the helper in me. Whether it was going to be working in the health domain, the physical health domain, or the mental health domain, I was going to help people. I was going to undertake some element, some vocation in my life that enabled me to help others help themselves. I never wanted to be someone's icon, guru, messiah. I wanted to teach people to be that person to themselves. Well, you know, it first has to start within ourselves. I always believe you can't you can't be one unless you've been there. So what Absolutely. were your sort of personal challenges in the sense that you felt this you wanted to help other people? What was it in you that you had to come to grips with? Hmm. Well, you know interesting question, I know. <laughs> no, it's a great question. And I think the thing in me that I had to for as you say, come to grips with was the fact that I have always been an exceedingly self-motivated person, and it, it was heart-wrenching for me to see my peers, family members, colleagues struggle with an excessive over-reliance on external motivators. And I will be very clear with you, uh, you could fast forward all these years later, this was the, the primary impetus behind writing my book, um, Truth be told, the thing that I struggled with is the very thing in my book that I am trying to uh, sort of create a call of action to, to help people to see. 
Um, did you want me to kind of go there a little bit with, yeah, with sure. what I'm talking because about? Because I think it helps for people to understand where you're coming from and your motivations. You know, you can be a little transparent here. That's good. Yeah, you know, and, and the truth is, um, I've never, I've never experienced the challenges that my clients experience. So it may set up a uh, sort of a dichotomy where, well, how can this person help me to help myself when he's never walked my path? And the truth is, I am, uh, <laughs> I am what they call an empath. You may have heard of this. Uh, I, am ha- I have an excessive hypersensitivity mm-hmm. to the energies, the emotional and psychic energies of other people. And I really, truly, um, I, I'm, again, very hypersensitive to people who uh, are walking their path and they're experiencing plight. And uh, that is where the helper truly emerged in me. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, yeah, that is something I've always struggled with is to see people burdened, to see people uh, mm-hmm. feel as though they cannot overcome and cannot conquer. Because the truth is, uh, there is an I can't in us that we mm-hmm. can easily, easily reframe into an I can in all of us. Were you uh, aware of this when you were younger, this uh, innate sense to be an empath? Yes, I was. And that empathic element uh, probably uh, transformed, metamorphosized over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, It did not always feel like it does today. Today, I have an exceedingly high awareness of the attributes and the characteristics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I know when I am, um, I know when I am going beyond the, uh, for lack of a better word, the comfort zone Mm-hmm. Um, in helping people. I know when I'm immersing myself too much. I know when I'm mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. sort of depleting my own resources. Well, I'm sure you have to I learn. Did. There's a balance. <laughs> I, uh, were you, yeah. were you uh, afraid of this at first uh, when you first discovered this? Were you sort um, of uh, a little afraid of it? Yeah, I, w- I would definitely, mm-hmm. absolutely, I would agree. I, I was afraid of this. Um, I was afraid because I saw how immersed in someone else's quote-unquote, stuff I could become. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed to achieve a healthy balance in order to become a successful clinician someday, in order to become a successful trainer, coach, and mentor. So, yes, Good. balance is absolutely critical. Okay. So, you can act. So I, and that's the reason why I asked that question, because I could feel, too, uh, in the sense that there was more with you and about you, Joshua, that... Um, needed to come forth. So by having this ability to really sense what people are going through and to maybe help them emotionally break through some things, probably the best thing was to get education so that you can certify, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, what you actually, what you do. And I think that's admirable. And I, I applaud you for that. Um, Thank you so much. Right. Um, One of the things that I know you've had, uh, a really acute sort of, I guess, sort of educating a lot of people about their responses uh, to physical exercise. And so one of the questions I, I had was, you've had a number of uh, certifications and licenses in sport medicine, ACE as a health coach, behavioral change uh, specialist. Now, were all of these things that you thought you needed to move into to become where you are today? Another excellent question, and here's why. Because mm-hmm. for a very long time, I saw 
the various certifications, the licensures, the, um, uh, the diplomas, the, all that stuff, all the education, the academic element. I saw that in the scope of a framework that mm-hmm. where I needed to complete a puzzle, so to speak. I needed to um, do all of these things in order to complete what I considered my professional health identity. As a result of being, having, being a health psychologist, a trainer, a coach, a behavior change specialist, I now see a more comprehensive picture of who I am as a health professional. So, yes, I did. I felt like I needed to complete these things in order to, in order to satisfy that element. Actually, you know, I wrote the word to validate you. <laughs> you did? I wrote the word. You needed all of that to validate you, to validate to who val- you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think about that? I, I, I think it's fine uh, because I think being how you came about this and knowing you had this gift, but needing to know and be able to validate it was very important with a credential because it's very difficult to try to work with people as a clinician or a coach if you don't have those certifications. So, yes, yeah. you went the right path. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break and we're going to be right back because I know my listeners are really tuned in to the next question I'm going to ask you. And thank you, Joshua, for sharing. We'll be right back, Thanks. listeners. Thank you. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to my show today with my guest, Dr. Joshua Garan. He's a health psychologist, positivity strategist, 
motivational machinist. He has a PhD in health psychology, a master's degree in cognitive psychology, and a BS in general psychology and journalism. So I'm assuming he's a great writer, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joshua is also a certified health professional through the American College of Sports Medicine. So he has a number of certifications and licenses and is a health coach, behavior change specialist, and I'm having a ball talking with him today. So, Joshua, I know you have, if you don't mind me calling you Joshua, Dr. Garrett. Oh, by all means. My mother calls me Joshua when she's mad at me. So feel free to <laughs> well, I, well, I'm not mad, but I, I think it's <laughs> wonderful, though. But, Dr. Garrett, I'm going to be prepared. You have a, you've written a book that just came out in Jan, uh, the end of January, and uh, what it does is actually gives us some mind mapping kinds of uh, mapping. Well, it's I, the one way, is it the I way to well, mapping the seven selves of health motivation. So I wanted to know, how did you come up with the motivational model based on these seven? um, How did you come up with it? And did did you experience it yourself or how, how did you find that out? Well, you know, I could honestly write a book on why I wrote the book. Um, <laughs> the book is, it is a byproduct of my last many years as a psychologist, a trainer, a coach, and a mentor in the wellness domain. Uh-huh. Through it all, I've worked with clients who've consistently struggled to adhere to their goals and their questions. They, they always say so much about their frustration. Why can't I stick to my nutrition plan? Why can't I stick to my workout? This shouldn't be rocket science. You know, why can't I just do it? So regardless of my client's health goal, I've witnessed their motivation continually ebb and flow. Some cases just completely disappear. Right. Here's the thing. I can say with full confidence that my client's challenges with adherence they aren't necessarily due to their goals not being specific or realistic or attainable enough. Their struggle is almost always due to their excessive over-reliance on external motivators. The influences in our world that have a short-term magnetic charisma but ultimately lack the stamina to go the distance. And that was my motivation for writing the book, to help others to stop searching out there when all the self-generated motivation they could ever need is already very much in here. And the truth is, the key to remaining motivated, to leading a healthier life, is realizing that we've been holding the key all along. Mm-hmm. But the key always is within us. But it's, it's like unlocking that door to get that key. I mean, getting the key to unlock that <laughs> you door. You got it. <laughs> you got it. And listen, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes that key is buried under a mountain of that thing you're seeing on YouTube and that thing in your, in your Facebook mm-hmm. news feed and that guy and that girl and that and this. And yeah, so we lose sight of that key and it's easy. But don't you think, though, uh, given in today's world of social media and all that's happening with all these external influences that bombard us and bombard the youth, you know, don't you think that really works against this nature versus nurture thing? Oh, I love this conversation. I love this part of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> Who can blame anyone for being so magnetized by the endless sea of health fads and trends in our newsfeed? From, from the hot guru to the master of the moment, these figures aren't just polarizing and hypnotizing. 
some of them are actually socially accepted cultural icons. Mm -hmm. And these influencers can be so powerfully seductive, assaulting our senses in such a way that gets us up, gets us moving, inspires us to actually adhere to our meal plans and blast to our workouts at least for a time. Yet at some point, my clients have consistently showed me that over-relying on these influencers to sustain Mm -hmm. a healthy lifestyle can be a slippery slope because mm-hmm. their potency has a shelf life. And without another energizing motivator waiting in the queue, my clients have shown me time and time again that they feel unable to progress to the next step on their goal path. They're left with a massive motivational void to fill with no obvious means of filling it. So when their temporary potency fades, these motivators you know, eventually lead us to ask the question, what do we do when that symbol of health salvation becomes less motivating? But what don't you think that most people I find out here in California looking for the quick fix? They they don't want something that's sustained on a long term basis where I get motivated every day at five o'clock and I'm gonna go to the gym, I work out, and I'm gonna eat healthy meals every day. They want a quick fix. So I got thirty pounds to lose. So now we got people that can take it off through surgery. I mean, I'm just saying, this everybody seems to be looking for the quick fixes. So What's to, how do we get past that? When it comes to enhancing your health, and we are, health, we're looking at universally here, mm-hmm. physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health, with the exception of probably very, very, very few examples mm-hmm. in the universe, there is no quick fix for good health. Especially when we look beyond the behavior and we see that true health behavior change, lasting, enduring, sustainable health behavior change is not about behavior. It's about beliefs, it's about values, and it's about attitudes. And without those mechanisms underlying the behavior to build a nice, healthy, sustainable foundation, that quick fix is exactly what it is, a quick fix. That's right. And, and, and don't, I know with many of your clients, when we start looking at health salvation, a lot of it is deep rooted with other issues. And it gets into issues of being unloved, childhood issues, of childhood trauma, um, relationship issues. And they manifest themselves in health behaviors that are destructive to them. And I know that you, you've come upon many, many clients like that. And so how do you get them to shift those gears and get into a self-motivated energy? Okay. I think <laughs> a great, well, no, this is an amazing question. I'm really trying to formulate how to express this. And here, here is really what it is. Mm-hmm. There is a transformational shift. There's no question about that. And the moment that my clients begin to feel dejected, depressed, and demotivated Mm -hmm. by that excessive over-reliance on that external motivator is the moment that that transformation begins. And really what we're looking at here is encouraging, and I could speak from experience, of course, Mm -hmm. I, I, I encourage my clients to capitalize on their innate strengths. I guide my clients to explore the health pursuits that genuinely interest them, the 
that they mm-hmm. actually fall in love with. I right. encourage my clients to take an honest inventory of what makes them feel passionate about their health. And through this, I help my clients to forge a more intuitive, more mm-hmm. self-defined path to better health. Not the path that their family's on, their friends are on, but one that's right. all their own. That's great. You know, I, I, I appreciate your saying that because uh, I'm doing personal for a moment here. Um, because I was involved with the National Sports <laughs> Conditioning Board for six years. I was a weightlifter. Now, Ow. I'm saying this because what motivated me, I, I mean, I tried to step dancing. I tried aerobics. I tried spinning. None of those things excited me. I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. say sustained with it because it wasn't my preference. And I had to find out what is it I really love. And I found strength conditioning, weightlifting. I loved it. <laughs> now, there was a little <laughs> bit of cardio, you know, there's a little cardio with it. But I loved lifting weights. And I have to tell you, Joshua, I got to the point I did deadlifts, 150-pound deadlifts. So wow. the motivator has to be, you're saying it, the health salvation in terms of the motivator it has to be something you really enjoy. That you, that you're, you know, because nobody had to tell me I'd get up at 6 o'clock, meet my trainer, and I hired a personal trainer. Because for me, I knew if I paid my money, I would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I so. just share with you? I, I don't know if you realize how many times you said the word love and the word passion when you were describing your affinity for, for your training. I mean, that's wonderful. You actually took it upon yourself to take an inventory, to really slow down your process and consider what it is you're truly passionate about. And you know... <sighs> When you listen to your authentic voice, we, when we realize something along the way, mm-hmm. the moment we hear our authentic voice, that thing we're truly passionate about, we realize that our voice tends to get muffled because of all the chatter, all the external stuff floating around out there, all the gurus, the icons, the fads, and the trends that are telling us who we should be. In fact, when I'm hanging out with a client who's feeling somewhat magnetized by the pull of those external forces, I always ask them, do you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be? Well, that person is still waiting to be who they're supposed to be, so let's go find them. Well, you have to go back sometimes many, many, uh, many journeys, many paths leading back to that person. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, uh, in, in, the, in the prologue of your book, you, you ask this provocative question I like, and it's what happens when the symbol of health salvation becomes less motivating? What happens? As we scroll through, I'm going to uh, sort of create a, um, create a scenario here for you. Okay. As, as we scroll through our news feeds, we unknowingly collect little digital artifacts. Mm-hmm. that we internalize and we gradually imprint them in our subconscious mind. They become part of the script that we write, okay? They right. become fragments on our emotional hard drive. Okay? They become the code that programs our communication and that guides our social interactions and helps us make sense of our world. And when we use things like authenticity and self-respect to create our hard drive, positive input, will lead to positive output. Right. So w- what happens when that symbol of health salvation becomes less motivating? 
our hard drive becomes bogged down. It becomes cluttered. It becomes, um, it, it becomes inoperable in some sense. So the key, of course, is to mm-hmm. build a healthy hard drive. It's about developing a highly selective filter, one that enables us to filter out the fiction, mm-hmm. one that helps us to ignore the irrelevant, and one that helps us to disregard the dysfunctional. And when we're able to effectively apply that filter... We're left with an authentic, genuine, purposeful energy that enables us to become the best and most honest version of ourselves. Well, I think that's, uh, I mean, really uh, provocative in what you're saying. But I have to admit that what happens, well, let me back up this, back up and first maybe define for our, the listeners, when we talk about health salvation, they may not exactly, our health motivation, know what, what we're talking about. So would you describe health salvation so that it is very clear? When we talk about health salvation, we are, I was really using that sort of figuratively. Health salvation in this case means this guru, this icon, this trend, this Mm -hmm. fad that I've been focusing on for so long and depending on for so long when, and I'm going to give you a really good example right now of what this really is saying. I have clients who, at one time or another, idolized Lance Armstrong. We know who Lance Armstrong is. Of course. Yes, the bicyclist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So I could speak very candidly about my clients who have approached me with that telltale blank expression and said, so Lance Armstrong is getting stripped of his medals. He was my idol. I am absolutely devastated. Now what do I do? So when my clients eventually realize that they have their symbol of health salvation, who was Lance Armstrong, they, they've developed an unhealthy level of dependence on an external force to oh motivate goodness. their efforts towards success. Wow. And they feel dejected. They feel disempowered. They feel defeated. And in many respects, they feel cheated. However, wow. these, types, these types of epiphanies that bring us to a crossroads, and that is where the transformation begins. Now, could that be applied to golfing? To golfing? Ah, uh, are we talking about Tiger Woods? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know because what? We, we could plug in a whole host of icons, figures, media figures that we really gravitated to. They were polarizing and magnetizing. They really touched us at that, at that real, almost spiritual level of admiration and idolatry. So it is very easy to get caught up in the fact that these people are human beings. They are. They're human. And to err is, to hum- to err is human. Right. We, we really have to understand that um, we're giving them power that they may or may not be able to sort of live up to. And uh, Yeah, you're right. And that, But don't we do that? I mean, I, I don't know. We I just do. see it as we, a, we as a general... Uh, thing that we Americans tend to do is to get caught up with celebrities or get caught up with different personalities. They fail, we fall. You know, yeah. uh, they're successful. Yeah. We sort of build our focus, our external success on them. I know uh, these things do happen. So that's why, Dr. Garen, we need people like you who are working with people to help them realize that there are external influences everywhere. But they need to be able to process it and put it in balance. You know, something else, um, prior to this uh, show, 
uh, I was thinking about last night, I had the television on for a while, and when I started thinking about our show today, and we're going to talk about health, and I was thinking, you know, Dr. Guerin, we're talking about health salvation, we're talking about getting people to be motivated to clearly say, I can stay on my diet, or I can stay on my exercise program. Do you realize how much the ads are on all of the medicines and the medications? <laughs> I, you cannot have a commercial. I mean, if you look at the television. So I'm wondering if we're just blanketed and programmed that anything you have, there's a pill that's going to help you. Any problems you may have, there's this pill, but there are the side effects. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that we could do an entire show on, <laughs> on what you are saying right now? We could do a two-hour show on it. <laughs> I, I know, But it just hit me. I thought, gosh, because... Your motivational model is, is based on these seven self-generated, self-sustaining motives that help us to journey to optimal health. Whereas I'm like, wow, why do I have to journey when I got all I need to do is go get this prescription or go go pick up this pill? Or this, this optimizes my health. This, this, this. Wow. Okay. We could go down that alley, but I guess we won't. But it was just interesting that we are just programmed. We certainly are that there are medications out there. So we don't have to stay on diets. They've got pills that'll help us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I've always told my clients, it is our life mission or life journey to save ourselves. I always tell them when we grab controls and take command of the rescue mission, we're in good hands. We can be our own hero. However, there are a lot of people that do not subscribe to that philosophy. And you know, it would be really unfair and probably very, um, very quick for us to sort of attribute that type of thinking to laziness, uh, lack of motivation, when the truth is we all possess innate, organic, natural, internal motivators. But again, they are like that key we were talking about earlier. It's buried mm. under a mountain of stuff. So it's up, it's up to us to sort of uh, excavate that mountain, dig through, and, and care enough to dig through to find those motivations. Well, it, it's a very interesting um, field that you've gotten yourself into, I would say. And, <laughs> I, and then I want to just shift gears just a moment and talk about, um, and then we're, I want to go back to, actually, I don't want to leave the seven self-generated uh, motives. Let's give us a few of those, the seven. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. You know, we could begin with self-determination. Mm-hmm. Self-determination is the first motive I talk about in my book. Self-determination mm-hmm. is the high-test fuel in our self-motivation engine. Mm-hmm. At the core of self-determination is autonomy. Autonomy is about freedom. It's about volition. It's mm-hmm. about that sense of self-directedness that drives us to internalize control over the outcomes we desire. And interestingly, our desire for autonomy begins the moment we experience what happens mm-hmm. when we over-rely on people, places, and things for supporting our health objectives. For example, when we've grown weary of the disappointment of that unreliable workout buddy, our decision to independently go to the gym or the track or wherever we work mm-hmm. out represents an empowering step toward owning our personal transformation process. Likewise, the moment we confidently say no to eating lunch at that fast food place with our work colleagues, maybe mm-hmm. the first time ever that that lunch we brought from home seems justified, 
feels more rewarding and makes healthier sense. So these first-time experiences that I just described highlight three empowering facts about health and self-determination. Okay, we we're going to take a, a yeah, when stop. We, to, when we sorry feel, to... Oh, you got to go? Dr. Garrett, we're going to take a quick yeah. break, and we'll be right sure. back because I can see we're going to get into this real quick. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more motivators that he's going to talk about. Thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. There are many challenges associated with recovery from any issue. By building a support system of friends, family members, and professionals, you can overcome these challenges. Tune in to Rise Radio with host Randy Havison. On this program, we'll bring topics to the forefront like addiction, self-esteem, leadership, relationship building, and other topics to empower you and your support system to achieve a greater level of personal growth. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back today with my discussion with Dr. Joshua Garan, who's a health psychologist, positivity strategist. He's actually a truth alchemist, and I didn't mention that, but he absolutely is a joy to interview today. And we've been talking about motivation, health, salvation, and motivation. And his mission truly, and I am excited to have him, is how we can begin to re-envision our health transformation from the inside out. So to give us some helpful tips, he is talking about his seven self-generated, self-sustaining motives that help us to empower our journey to optimal health and well-being. So, Dr. Guerin, continue. We talked about the first one, which was self-motivation. Okay. Yes, we're talking about self-determination. And, and just to mm-hmm. be clear. Self-determination, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. I'll go to go down the list of all the motives. Each mm-hmm. mo- interestingly, each motive in my book contains a corresponding ideal. So at the core of each of these motives that I'm just going to describe right now, there is an actual ideal. And the ideal, the actual attitude, the belief, the value of the ideal is something that we really use in our everyday existence. So for self-determination, the core ideal 
is autonomy. For self-efficacy, the second motive, the core idea yes. is competence. Okay? We want to feel competent about our ability to manifest our health outcomes as independently as possible. Okay. The, third mo- the third motive is self-worth, okay? and the core ideal is achievement. So at the core of self-worth, uh, self-worth, again, is our, is our self-concept. It's our self-esteem. It's mm-hmm. our sense of wholeness. We use achievement to help to continually up-level that sense of self, that sense that we can, that sense of value, okay? Mm-hmm. The fourth motive that I discuss is self-affirmation, okay? And at the core of that is integrity. So we want to, but basically what happens is a lot of times we are uh, engaging in our fitness routines and are adhering to our meal plans, and then all of a sudden it kind of falls away, and we feel this imbalance. We feel guilty. We feel as though we failed ourselves, okay? So self-affirmation mm-hmm. points to integrity. Uh, okay. The, uh, another ideal is self-concordance. It's just a big word mm-hmm. for alignment. I know okay? that. And yeah. in a sense, mm-hmm. alignment means mm-hmm. adhering to your authentic, true, meaningful passions, those pursuits, those healthy things that you love and you gravitate to. And you had mentioned one that you that you love before, your, your love of, of strength training, right? Power training. Right? right. Yes. Yeah. And last but not least, there's self-actualization, okay? Mm-hmm. And the core value in self-actualization is potential, all right? So we're striving, for those who are, are really achieving focus, we're striving to meet some self-defined degree of potential, whatever that is for us. We create that in our own minds. It's very arbitrary. Now, you know, so I miss... In general, those are the seven this- selves. Okay, I missed one. I have uh, self-competence, self-determination. I guess I missed one. Self-worth, uh, wow. achi- which is the core achievement, self-esteem, self-affirmation, self-concordance. Uh, you, self- did, uh, you didn't miss it. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, the, the four, I'm sorry, I apologize. The fourth one was self-enhancement. Okay. okay. And self, self-enhancement, has to, the core value is identity. All right, so self-enhancement is exactly what it sounds like. It's our tendency to want to strive to make better, to improve, to make smaller, larger, whatever our goal is. And identity plays a significant role in that. When we look in the mirror, who is it that who, we see? Who, who is our ideal self? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do apologize for missing that one. That's okay. Now, I like the title of the book. It's the I way, which is the focus on only you can do it. You can do it. The I way. You got it. Okay. I love that. Ah, and well, (laughs) I do. Because one of the things I think uh, what you're doing is helping people to stay positive and motivated. Because it could be not just, you know, I kind of use physical exercise, but it could be eating, you know, uh, to stay healthy. What other, what other illustrations uh, have you had? Now, I want to ask this question, too, because do you have more female clients or male clients? I have a fairly balanced mix. Okay. Fairly balanced gender mix, males and females. Really, I do. Mm-hmm. I would have to say if there was a, one side of the seesaw a little imbalance, it would be I probably have a few more females, definitely. Okay. Okay. Because yep. I, I was trying to, you know, think if, if, if males are, you know, really getting into this whole thing about, uh, you know, being motivated to stay and stick to their goals. Because, again, 
uh, I think we really need a call, a clarion call for weight management. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and, and um, I'm, going, I'm going to say, I'm going to answer your question. No one, a male or female, is immune to the praise of uh, falling prey to external influences. Uh, the males struggle with it just as much as the females do. Yes, Perhaps they do. maybe a hair less than the females that I've worked with. However, the males are equally, uh, equally susceptible, equally vulnerable. And um, I, I will tell you, I have learned uh, more about the human condition working with a, a mixed population, gender population mm-hmm. than I ever would have had I not. And really just about... Um, what makes us tick as, as a species, really, truly? I'm sure. Because uh, one of the things that health motivation is probably one of the, the most important determinants of healthy behaviors. And uh, I think the role of health motivation is important in helping uh, individuals to have these great health behaviors. So when we start taking about talking about health motivation, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, because I don't think many people think in terms of health motivation. We're thinking about motivation to get a job, motivation for life, growth, and development, all of this, you know, motivation to get my act together, motivation to get my life together, but it's motivation because it's wellness. It's all, to me, in balance. Because I'm th- I always yeah. come from the soul, spirit, and physical. All of it has to be in balance. I-, I-, I like a lot of work with the spirit and the soul, but we can't forget the physical. So the health motivators, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> I want to ask you. you, what is a positivity strategist? Hmm. I know so, what it is, but I want the listeners. <laughs> I want you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the phrase positivity strategist, that's something that sort of kind of was born out of the fact that I am, to the core, I am a dispositional optimist. Um, I don't necessarily see the world through rose-colored glasses. However, I definitely, definitely see the positive far more frequently than I see the negative in life. And I'm somebody who is just obsessed with the idea of transforming challenge into opportunity. And I strive to take that element and bring it to my clients, of course, and help them to strategize the positive in everything they do. If my client comes to me and is absolutely heartbroken about who knows how many attempts to lose weight or to whatever, meet their health goal, regardless of what it is, I see the opportunity to help them see the opportunity. Now, do you have a lot of people coming to you with weight issues? Is that the predominant health behavior that has to be changed? What you know, I lost weight, then I picked it back up. You know, the fluctuating weight loss. Are there other issues? Yes, predominantly the yo-yo weight issue, the just the, the weight lability, uh, yo-yo dieting. Um, there are some clients that come to me that really just want to focus on the motivation to simply create a lifestyle that enables them to, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, to strategize how to build healthy behaviors into their lifestyle. So sometimes for me, I'm more of a lifestyle coach than I am a health coach or a personal trainer, really helping them to creatively strategize how to build this element into their lives. I'm going to ask you an interesting question. What motivates you? Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am honored that you would ask this question. Uh, this is probably the most telling, revealing question for me of all. Um, I have always felt that my purpose is way bigger uh, than me, way bigger than me. My mm-hmm. journey is really about serving an entity greater than myself, and there is nothing, and when I tell you nothing, I mean nothing more motivating than that. In my work, I am equal parts mentor, facilitator, strategist, mm-hmm. and a leader. But you know, the secret to being a successful leader is mm-hmm. knowing that I'm really just one half of the equation. In my interactions with my clients, we create together, we innovate together, we embrace each other's differences, we think tank and come up with a solution that's way better than anything we could have created separately. So it's that synergy that eventually drives my clients to pay it forward and utilize their talents, impact their people, their community in their own way. So to answer your question, that is the inherent motivator for me. If I have the opportunity to guide someone to becoming mm-hmm. their true, authentic self, guess what? I'm there. I think that's wonderful, and I'm so glad you shared. And I just really want to thank you for being very authentic today and just sharing your heart, which you really did. And I thank you for pointing out some of the seven methods and motivators that we can use, because I took a lot. I wrote it all down. So if you'd like to stay in touch with Dr. Garen, how can they stay in touch and get your book, uh, I, The I Way to Well Mapping the Seven Selves of Health Motivation? It's on Amazon, and they can get, they can get a hold of him with emotivehealth at gmail.com. That's I-M-O-T-I-V-E, health, at gmail.com. And that's Dr. Joshua Garin, G-A-R-R-I-N, and Joshua, Dr. Joshua. I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want you to stay positive and motivated as you continue your journey to personal transformation. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. Until next week, this is Dr. Barbara Young, your Transformation for Success coach, and I'll be back with another dynamic guest. Dr. Garan, keep well on your journey, and it's been a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, That's 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.